This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Folks, it is Friday. We have done it. We are here for another weekend, and we have another Pittsburgh Steelers game coming up. And remember, that enough should be exciting for you. We should always be excited for an upcoming game. Last week, I'm sure when I said the exact same thing on this show, people rolled their eyes. They said, oh my gosh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming to town. Jeff's nuts. He's, I don't understand, whatever. You should be excited. This is another opportunity for the Steelers to prove themselves. It's another opportunity for the Steelers to see progress with players like Kenny Pickett and anyone else. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett and the quarterback situation here shortly. We have a lot to cover here, folks. We have a lot to cover. We're going to have the next clue, the third clue for that homage retro starter jacket. I talked about that, gave all the details on Wednesday. If you want to see what that jacket looks like, you got to go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. you got to scroll down. You'll find it. If you can't find it on the main page, click on the link that says BTSE Apparel. Click on that. That'll take you to the link, which will give you all the information, what it looks like. It's cool. It's that old Chuck Knoll-style starter jacket. Really awesome. Retails for $145. We're giving it away for free. We're giving it away for free. So, again, check out my Wednesday show for more details as well as clue number one. And you had to listen to the Stat Geek on Dave Schofield's podcast on Thursday morning. He gave you the second clue. Great clue by him. And then today I'm going to give you that third clue. The final clue will be today, Friday at noon, when Brian Anthony Davis and our coach KT Smith will give you that fourth and final clue. The first person to email me. My email address is as follows. B n g blitz at gmail.com that's b n g blitz at gmail.com the first person to email me the correct four answers will be the winner of that starter jacket so be on the lookout for that so we're going to give you that clue today we've got the DraftKings sportsbook parlay coming up right before the uh break uh no jeremy betts today now, I'm a superstitious guy. The Steelers win last week when Tampa Bay comes to town, and I told Jeremy thanks, but no thanks. No, I'm joking. I am totally joking. Um, although if they do win this Sunday night, there's a chance I might tell Jeremy, let's just wait until something changes. But no, Jeremy's without internet. Something happened. So it's just me again, folks. We got NFL picks coming up in the second half. And for all those people that hit me up on Twitter and said, Jeff, I was expecting music, you're going to get it. 
You're going to get it. I'm going to provide it for you this week. I'm excited to do that. But we've got a lot to talk about with news, the injury report. We're going to preview the upcoming game with the Miami Dolphins. Keys to victory, heart-to-heart at the very end, random thoughts, rookie recap. Holy cow, we are jam-packing so much stuff into this podcast. All right, let's get this thing rolling with news. The biggest news that came out on Thursday was that the Pittsburgh Steelers have started the 21-day off of uh, the 21-day clock is what most people call it for DeMonte KZ, the safety. KZ is, if you recall, he broke his wrist or lower for his forearm in the Detroit Lions preseason game and was put on injured reserve to start the season, just like Calvin Austin III. And just like Calvin Austin III, the Steelers are saying, hey, let's get you back in practice. Let's get you acclimated. Let's get you rolling. But they don't have to put him on the 53-man roster right away. They have 21 days. Now, we'll talk about Calvin Austin here shortly, but in terms of KZ, we don't know when he's going to be returning. Some teams... They will start that clock, that 21-day clock on players, and they will reinstate them to the 53-man roster as early as that same weekend. I'm not sure if that's going to happen in this case, but it could. You never know. But as of this being recorded, DeMonte Casey is back at practice. That's a good thing. We will see where his progress goes. And I think we can all be hopeful that whenever he does get back onto the football field, the Steelers can start to use some of those three safety looks that they were starting to do at the end of the preseason with Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, and KZ and they just weren't able to do it anymore based on the fact that KZ got injured, and there you go. Um, other than that, I want to I, I want to mention that Dave, if you haven't listened to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek podcast from Thursday, and you're someone that has some questions about the NFL's protocol for uh, concussions, you need to go back and listen to it. Dave dives headfirst into the NFL's new concussion protocols everything, the phases, all that stuff. And he outlines how there's a lot of people, mainly especially people from Miami, that are really ticked off about the fact that Kenny Pickett's back at practice and Teddy Bridgewater was not allowed to practice. And the the issue is that the Steelers are not doing anything incorrectly. I trust Dave Schofield when it comes to this stuff. He read the entire protocol, and he said the Steelers are following the protocol the way it is outlined. So go listen to that. If you are someone that thinks, may, are, are the Steelers skirting the rules here? Are the Steelers kind of dusting and moving and maneuvering their way in and around things? It's possible, but still, if you if you want that information, go back and check it out if you haven't already. All right, let's go over our rookie recap. The rookie recap is obviously when I go back over the past week's rookies and how they did and my thoughts about their trajectory moving forward. So Kenny Pickett, we know that Kenny Pickett played in the first half and into the third quarter before he got hurt. And you know that the stat line, and everyone's going to talk about the stat line. They talked about the stat line after the Jets game where he threw three interceptions and uh, everyone else that's you know a, a Pickett fan said, well, that this, that, and the other. And it was this constant back and forth. The stat line for Kenny Pickett was pretty bad in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He only threw for 67 yards. You do have to wonder, is this Pickett preferring the shorter routes, or is this Matt Canada and or Mike Tomlin saying, we need to keep it clean? We don't want to turn the ball over. I'm not so sure. I just don't think that's a recipe for success down the road. I don't care whatever quarterback. We'll talk about Mitch Trubisky here in a second. But for Pickett, he is playing well. You just have to hope that the improvement is evident. That's the one thing you want to see. In the second round pick, George Pickens, George Pickens is doing George Pickens things. You know, the the common thread amongst the fan base was George Pickens is probably going to be really good, but I don't think he's going to be really good this really early. I would say that the success he has seen, although limited at times, he's ahead of schedule 
for what Steel what the Steelers fan base has become accustomed to with wide receivers and their usage and how they have everything works, I would say he's ahead of schedule. Though that's a good thing. He is he got it, and Jeffrey Benedict said this on his Cutting Room Floor podcast on Tuesday, and I loved how he said it. He said that George Pickens got wide receiver one attention against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what does that mean? That means that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were bracketing Pickens, saying, okay, that means we're going to leave Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, single covered at times, and that's why Chase Claypool then has a big game. Deontay Johnson had some nice catches. George Pickens still had some catches. But this is if this is the way it's going, and that's what the defenses are going to do, they're going to try to take away Pickens, then that means that Claypool and Johnson should have more favorable matchups. So keep that in the back of your mind if Pickens' production isn't as great. Now, DeMarvin Leal went on injured reserve. We know that. He'll be out at least four weeks before he can return. Leal did say, though, on his social media that he is going to be back this season. So it's not a season ending. He had a surgery or some type of, it could be arthroscopic. It could be anything that cleans something up in his knee. So he's hopeful to be back. Calvin Austin III, I'll talk about him, my random thoughts. He has not come back yet. Still at that 21-day clock continues to roll with him. Connor Hayward saw a big game for, for him, especially because he's been active on every game this season, but this is the first time he had a significant role in the offense. Now, with Pat Fryermuth likely to be back in the lineup on Sunday Night Football, you would have to think that Connor Hayward's role is going to be decreased, but I really hope the Steelers' offensive staff looks at what Connor Hayward did and say, we can find a way to use him still. They can find a way to get him on the field, even if it's with Pat Fryermuth or with Zach Gentry. They can still use this young man. He has a very unique skill set, very unique in terms of his H-back, tight end. The guy even played some running back early in his college career. He is more athletic than most people give him credit for. He has good hands. I'd like to see his usage go up. Mark Robinson got a helmet for the first time uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, relegated to essentially special teams duty. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you'd love to see him get some experience on game day, even if it is just a one-game sample. Lastly, Jalen Warren, very little impact from him. He did have some good blitz pickups. They are using him in key situations if they want to protect the quarterback. That is a great sign for this undrafted rookie, and it looks like Jalen Warren is carving out a nice little role for himself in this offense. So the rookie recap, I've been very pleased with this rookie class, including Warren, so far through this season. Let's get to some random thoughts here. Some random thoughts. All right. One random thought is, is Calvin Austin the third? I mentioned him in the rookie recap saying that the clock's still rolling with him. They don't have a lot of time left, but you know they're going to bring him back onto the active roster. I just don't know who they're going to lose to do that. Now, Steven Sims, when we get to the injury report, is battling a hamstring injury, and I'm not about to think that they're going to put him on injured reserve uh, and then promote Calvin Austin. It could happen, but I just don't see that happening because then you would have to rely on Gunnar Olszewski as your primary returner, and he was benched for Sims, and Sims is coming off of a very dynamic game. He had a 23-yard punt return. He had an 89-yard kickoff return. So how Calvin Austin gets a helmet, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Some will say, well, what about Miles Boykin? Like, get rid of him. Miles Boykin has shown a tremendous amount of value on special teams. Jeffrey Benedict pays close attention to the Gunners. He said he's one of the best Gunners they have. Could they just dump a cornerback when some of these defensive backs start to get healthy? Yeah, that's a possibility, but are they going to keep all those wide receivers? Well, that's a, that, that is a different ball of wax altogether. So we all want Calvin Austin back. We want to see what this young guy can do. We haven't even seen him in a preseason game, 
But at the same time, finding a spot for him on the 53 is not going to be easy. What about these trade rumors? Everyone's talking about trades. Chase Claypool is being linked with the the Green Bay Packers, supposedly, according to someone. I know Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talked about it, but there was someone else. I just don't have the name in front of me. They suggested that the, the Packers are willing to do whatever it takes to get Chase Claypool on their roster and that they're willing to send some picks. Okay, that sounds great. But if, if you think about it, Chase Claypool's in year three, still has year four. How bad do the Packers want this receiver? And, it, and this is something, if I'm Omar Khan, I'm saying, all right, you want this guy. And I'm not saying I'm not going to send him to you, but if you think I'm going to do it for a six-round pick, you're insane. You think I'm doing it for a fifth-round pick? Yeah, you're still insane. It's going to have to be a day-two pick, and and that's that's it. That's the bottom line. So if the Packers say, well, no, we're not going to send you a third-rounder, all right, then we'll keep him. We've got another year of control on this guy. Why would we get rid of him if we don't have to? Well, I'm not just going to make a deal just to appease somebody else. You know, If you're going to make a deal, make me a deal that's fair. So you give me a third-round pick. I'll send you a seventh-round uh, conditional pick. I think they got one of those at some point uh, in 2024 beyond, and we got a deal. I don't think that'll happen, but that's what Omar Khan should be thinking because if they trade Chase Claypool, now all of a sudden, what do you have? Yeah, you have Miles Boykin. Yeah, you have Calvin Austin III. We don't know what that is. You've got Gunnar Olszewski. You've got Deontay Johnson. you got George Pickens. It's a lot of inexperience, at least within the Steelers' system. So even with trades for Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, there's been another name that's been tossed around. Some people said that they had Mason Rudolph being traded to Washington. A rumor was Washington, they're sending him to the commanders for William Jackson III, a cornerback. Well, first, William Jackson III is dealing with an injury. I think it's a back injury. He might be able to play through it, but do the Steelers want to trade anyone for a player that's banged up? The Steelers, in terms of the quarterback position, saw exactly what can happen Last week against Tampa Bay at Acrisure Stadium when Kenny Pickett leaves, what are you left with? I talked about the insurance policy, and you might hate paying for that policy every month, but guess what? When you need that insurance, you're glad you have it. So Mason Rudolph sitting there doing nothing on game day, not even dressing. Yeah, that's that's lousy for him, but for the Steelers, they have to, again, if I'm Omar Khan, I'm saying, hey, if you want this player, if you think that Mason Rudolph is that valuable, you're going to have to prove it. Right now, if all these people want Steeler players, Omar Khan is sitting there saying, Haha, you're, you're coming into my wheelhouse right now. You want this player, and we don't need to get rid of him. This is not a Robbie Anderson situation where they've kicked him off the team, and they'll basically take, hey, you, you want him? You can get him for peanuts. This is not that case. Not at, No, 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 not at all. So the Steelers can play their cards smart. Let's see what Omar Khan does. And if he stays pat, I'm fine with it. I really am. All right, so let's get into... Uh, the the crux of this show. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the keys. We're going to do the preview uh, of the Miami game. We'll do the heart-to-heart, obviously. And then uh, at the very end of the show, haha, the very end of the show is where I'm going to give you the next clue. So I'm giving you a little tip there. All right. So I wanted to talk about last week's game. No, I'm not going to dive back into the numbers and talk about all the stuff. I did that on Monday with winners and losers. I did it on Wednesday. The, the, the show today is about how the Steelers need validation in Week 7 versus Miami. And that's a golf term. Yeah, you know, that is a golf term. Sometimes, uh, I remember growing up, and we very competitive golfing family. Friends of mine are very competitive, and we would always talk about how you have to validate a skin. So if you win a skin on a hole, you have to validate the next hole. 
meaning you can't bogey or worse the following hole or else the skin is still viable and that skin's out there on the open market again. So the Steelers need to validate. What I mean by that, and then the definition of validate is to check or prove the validity of something. So was week six just a blip on the radar? Was week six nothing more than one good game where things went the Steelers' way for once? Or is this a sign of things to come for the Steelers? Is this team being gritty, a defense that kind of is starting to figure it out? You see improved play from players like Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward starting to look healthy again, Chris Wormley. It it looks like the defense is starting to find their way without TJ Watt. Not that they're better without him. Trust me, they're not. They're better with him. But is this the defense? is 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 it rounding the corner? Is it coming to form? What about the offense? Has the offense started to figure things out? If the defense is going to bracket someone like George Pickens, if Kenny Pickett's in there and he's the guy like Mike Tomlin said he's going to be if healthy, is Kenny Pickett going to finally have a really good game that convinces a lot of fans that he is the guy? Or at least just even a moment? Just a moment. You know, just give me a moment. Like something that we can say, all right, that was a sign of what this guy can do. We've seen flashes. I'm talking about a moment, whether it's a last two-minute drill to, to win the game. You know, to want to give me one of those drives. Give me one of those moments. Mitch Trubisky had a moment. His moment was week six, the fourth quarter. Drives him down the field, touchdown to Claypool, and then on top of that, with four minutes and change left, the Steelers don't give the ball back to Tom Brady and company. That's what the offense needs. They need that moment. Kenny Pickett needs that moment. This is what week seven can provide. Week seven can be a sign of, you know what? I think the Steelers team has turned the corner or is at least starting to. Or does it prove that, man, this team is still bad and that was just one game against the the Buccaneers that, man, they got lucky. I mean, you think about some of these plays like Connor Hayward going streaking down the middle of the field <laughs> with no one around him because they had too many men on the field. They're trying to call timeout. No one's playing and they let the play go. Like, was that just a lucky game? We don't know. We don't know until we see the follow-up. What is the next game? What does Week 7 provide? Well, Week 7 needs to provide for the Pittsburgh Steelers some validation for this team on offense, on defense, the coaching staff. And by the way, don't think for a second that Brian Flores coming back, going back to Miami, doesn't want to spoil the whole 50th anniversary of the 1972 team all the celebration they're going to have, the retro uniforms. Don't think for a second that this guy isn't still pissed off about what went down, how he got fired, the whole, all the stuff with Sean Payton and Tom Brady. It it was crazy. Don't think that that doesn't motivate this team. And if I were Mike Tomlin, this week I'd have Brian Flores speaking to the team before they go play. And I'd have him give an impassioned speech about what this game means to him. Give this, give the players something tangible to kind of really hold on to to get their to get their mojo going, if you know what I mean. So they need to validate. Hey, the Steelers won a skin last week in golf. You got to validate the next week. You got to validate the next hole. So we'll see if that happens. All right, let's get to my DraftKings sportsbook parlay. My parlays, I swear they they've been so bad. I uh, feel horrible. But I, I'm going to keep doing this all season, all season, every week. 
this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on the homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. So this week, because of all the stuff going on, two is coming back from concussion. No one knows who is actually going to start for the Steelers, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Deontay Johnson. Right now, at the moment that I'm recording this podcast, I have zero individual players available to, to use in my parlay. So I'm doing nothing but team stats. That's what I'm doing. Team stats. We'll see if this works. So first and foremost, I'll give you my prediction here in the second half. But I'm telling you, I'm taking right now the game spread. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I found it at plus 7.5. Take the Steelers getting 7.5. That's leg one. Leg two, Pittsburgh Steelers total points. Take the over 20.5. You're thinking, wow, Jeff, you think they're going to score more than 20.5 points? I do. So I'm taking the over. The third leg is the Miami Dolphins total points under 25 and a half. So again, take the Steelers plus seven and a half on the on the game day spread. Pittsburgh total points over 20 and a half. Miami total points under 25 and a half. Be sure to check out the Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter page where there will be a link for you to bet and for all of you to follow all this stuff. And if you're in West Virginia or Pennsylvania, you will see it right there on the main page, whether you're on a desktop or on your mobile app. Every single week, DraftKings has new offers and a great way to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for the details. All right, folks, that's it for the first half. In the second half, we're going to preview this game, keys to victory. We're going to talk about NFL game picks. I'm going to give you my prediction, and we're going to finish with a heart-to-heart. So stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. fans welcome back to the second half of the show whoo it is so much to do on a friday i know jerome bets the all bets are off segment that's right the all bets are off jerome bets has no internet down in uh north kakalaki and so we're rolling solo as we go through these nfl picks but before we do that we need to preview the upcoming game with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Miami Dolphins. And as we always do, we start off with the injury report. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some good news for the Steelers, to be honest, for once. For once. So the Kenny Pickett situation, let's talk about that first. This is the Wednesday, October 19th injury report for Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett concussion was a full participant in practice. Cam Sutton with his hamstring was limited. Akello Witherspoon with a hamstring was limited. He's back at practice, though, folks. That's a good thing. Uh, Levi Wallace with a concussion was a full participant. Minka was limited. Miles Jack was limited with an ankle. Mason Cole was limited. James Daniel was uh, was limited. Steven Sims didn't practice with a hamstring. Pat Fryermuth with a concussion was a full participant. And Chris Wormley with an ankle was limited. And Larry Ogunjobi with a knee did not practice. So now you're looking at Thursday. Okay, this is a turning point day. Which way are they trending? They're trending really, really great. Now there was a new player added. James Pierre was added to the injury report with a hip injury, uh, and he was a limited participant. Steven Sims didn't practice for the second straight day. And Cam Hayward did not practice, but he was given a day off. That was a coach's decision. Other than that, 
Every single player on that injury report was a full participant. That's right. Kenny Pickett, Cam Sutton, Akello Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Minka, Miles Jack, Mason Cole, James Daniel, Pat Fryermuth, Chris Wormley, Larry Ogunjobi, all of them full participants. That is a great injury report for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's hope that continues today on Friday as they get that final injury report and game statuses released. Let's look at Thursday, October 20th for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, not a ton to talk about. They had a couple of players given veteran days off. I'm not going to mention them. Uh, so Taron Armstead, a tackle, was limited on Thursday with a toe injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so he's at least working his way back. Cornerback Keon Crossan with a knee did not practice for the second straight day. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba, I hope that's how it's a defensive end with a back injury. He did not practice. That's his second day being out. Uh, defensive tackle Christian Wilkins with a hand was limited, and he was uh, did not practice on Wednesday, so he's at least working his way back as well. Xavier Howard was given a rest day. Uh, linebacker Jerome Baker with a hip was limited, and he was limited to the second straight day. Uh, Zach Seiler with a hand injury. He's a defensive lineman, was limited, and uh, so was... Uh, Durham Smythe, a tight end with a hamstring. Skylar Thompson, a quarterback with a right thumb, was limited. Uh, tight end Tanner Connor with a knee was a full participant. And tackle Greg Little with an Achilles was limited. Now, that was interesting because Greg Little was a full participant on Wednesday, downgraded to limited on Thursday. So there's going to be some names to keep an eye on here, both between the Miami Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's look at just some of the inf- interesting things about this team. You know, the Steelers had a four-game losing streak that was snapped in week six the Dolphins are on a three-game skid Pittsburgh's record is two and four Miami Dolphins are three and three the spread if you look at the DraftKings Sportsbook it's a seven-point spread however uh, in favor of the Steelers they are underdogs in this game however if you go to the single game parlay you can get seven and a half the over-under is set at 45 the money line Steelers plus 255 the Dolphins minus 305. The last five games in the Steeler in the series, including the playoffs, has the Steelers with three wins to two losses. The matchup history: Pittsburgh Steelers lead the series 15 to 13 overall. Uh, when you look at this, the news and notes coming into this game, it's crazy when you think about how the, the the Dolphins have not won since Tua was been has been out with concussions. We all know that was. Definitely big-time news. The Steelers break their streak against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a really strange way with Mitch Trubisky coming off the bench, holding Tom Brady to less than 20 points. It's going to be interesting to see, can the Steelers control the high-flying offense of the Miami Dolphins with Tua back in the lineup? We're talking Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. And is the Miami Dolphins Dolphins defense going to be able to stand tall and slow down a really struggling Pittsburgh Steelers offense, an offense that only scores 16.2 points a game, 30th in the league. Talked about that on Wednesday. So the Steelers, what do they need to do to win? Like That's the big question right now. What do the Steelers need to do to win this game? And this is where I come up with the keys to victory. My keys to victory on offense. Let's talk about this. First key on offense is balance. And I don't really care how you reach balance, but when last week they the, the Steelers running backs, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, had two, I'm sorry, 16 carries. 16 carries. I mean, that's it. You're not going to ever get any semblance of balance that way. They need to be balanced, and I don't care if they have to pass to open up the run. Do what you have to do to stay balanced on offense. You cannot be pass happy every single week. Second key 
allow the quarterback to do what he does best. I don't care which quarterback we're talking about here. If it's Trubisky because Kenny Pickett has a setback or if he's not clear to play, whatever the case may be, even if it is Kenny Pickett, open up the playbook. Steeler fans got to see what it looks like when they get to open up the playbook. Look at what Mitch Trubisky was able to do in the fourth quarter. You have to do more of that. You have to be willing to take chances. Hopefully they learn from that. And for the second straight week, no turnovers. The Steelers cannot turn the ball over. We oftentimes just kind of push turnovers aside. Can't do it. This team is too fragile. Heck, I'd take a game with no brain farts, no pre-snap penalties, no botch snaps, no turning the ball over. That's what this offense needs. So those three, again, balance, allow the quarterbacks to do what they do best, and then keep it clean, no turnovers. Let's go to defense. You got to stop the run, number one. Miami, make them one-dimensional. Even if that one dimension that you're taking away is their weakest, still you need to be able to dictate what the opposition does to you. That's number one. Number two, keep the lid on Hill and Waddle. I'm not talking about stopping them. I don't think you can. But don't give up the big play. Give up the underneath stuff. Have a have a bend, don't break mentality in this game. That's fine. Just don't let them burn you for the big play. Easier said than done. I understand it, but still, that's what they got to do. And the third one is be creative. Be creative to get pressure. Be creative in the secondary. I can't say enough about the coaching staff and the plan they put together last week with that patchwork secondary. They need to do something like that again. They need to do something like that again because that's what it's going to take to win this game. That's what it's going to take. So the defensive keys, stop the run, keep the top on Hill and Waddle, be creative. There are the keys to victory. So what is this game going to look like? How's it going to go? What's the prediction? We'll get to that. Before we get to that, it's time for my NFL game picks. Now, last week, I said, you know, I was doing this solo, going old school. All the OG, my ride-or-die crew, the people that have been listening since 2020, I said, okay, let's see it. And I'm going to do this by myself. And then they all said the same thing. I had like four or five people. I had a couple emails say, Jeff, we're waiting for the uh, NFL primetime music. And I was like, I, I can't believe I let you all down. I was going to do it. I ran out of time last week, had to get ready for the Steelers preview. My other job got in the way, and I didn't get it done. But today, I'm going to get it done. I actually found the tape. Hold on. Let me find it. Shoot, I lost it. Here we go. I think I found it. Yep, here we go. All right. And all right, let's hit play on this thing. Let's go. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to get to that game, but let's start off at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Green Bay Packers at the Washington Commanders. The Green Bay Packers are giving 4.5 points on the road. I am not a believer in the Commanders, especially without Carson Wentz. He might be out of the lineup due to a hand injury. I'm going to take the Packers giving 4.5 coming off that loss. I just think that they're going to be able to cover that spread. Let's keep it uh, on the NFC side with the New York Giants going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are struggling. The Giants are high-flying. The Giants are getting, are giving three on the road. I think the Giants cover this spread. The Jacksonville Jaguars are better, but they're not there yet. This one might bite me in the rear end. If there was an upset to pick for me, it would have been this game. But I don't. I'm, I I can't believe it. I think I just totally misread that. The Giants are getting three on the road. Take the Giants plus three. We'll see. I totally misread that. My apologies. Next, go to the next game. Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals in Ohio. Both of these teams are three and three. The Falcons are getting six and a half points here. I can't believe that spread. They keep it close. They play them close. 
I like the Atlanta Falcons plus six and a half. I don't think they're going to win, but Cincinnati's not blowing anybody out. I think they keep it close. I think Atlanta covers the spread. They do not win straight out. The next game was tough, an AFC South matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee, Nashville. Tennessee's giving two and a half. The odds makers think this is going to be pretty straight up. I don't think so. I like the Tennessee Titans at home to win by at least a field goal. I'm not a buyer in that Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. I like the Titans giving two and a half. Staying at 1 o'clock, the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys. Detroit is coming off of their bye week. Dallas Cowboys coming off of that primetime loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're getting Dak Prescott back. They're giving seven points at home, and I like the Lions. Yes, I like the Lions to come off a bye week and still have that offense that can put up a lot of points. I like the Lions plus seven. Again, not sure if they're going to win it outright, but I like them against the spread. Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers are reeling. They fired their coach. They had to put players on IR. They're getting rid of Robbie Anderson. Sam Darnold's coming off IR. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rebound from last week's loss to Pittsburgh in a big way. The the Buccaneers are giving 11 on the road. This NFC South matchup is not going to be a fun one to watch, but I like the Buccaneers to cover that 11-point spread. The game that a lot of fans are going to be watching of the black and gold at 1 o'clock on Sunday is the Cleveland Browns going to Baltimore. The M&T Bank Stadium. Hate that place. Still, the Browns typically play the Ravens extremely tough and extremely close. It has been a long time since there's been any semblance of a blowout between these two teams. I like the Browns getting six and a half on the road to keep it close enough to have that those points matter. I think Baltimore wins the game, but I think the Browns keep it close. To get Take the Browns getting six and a half. Sunday, 4.05. Houston, Texas, Las Vegas Raiders, tough team to pick. Both teams are struggling. Both only have one win. I like the Raiders, though, at home. Even though they're giving seven points, I think they're going to find a way. They're just too talented. They're just too talented coming off a of bye week. I like the Raiders. Next, the New York Jets, the Denver Broncos. Is Russell Wilson going to play? At this time, we don't know, but the New York Jets are starting to play good football. The Jets are getting a point on the road in Denver. I like the Jets getting a point. In this game, I think that they're a lot better than people gave them credit for. I thought they played well against Pittsburgh. I think that game in Pittsburgh was a turning point for them. Take the New York Jets. 425, the Seattle Seahawks go to the Los Angeles Chargers down in L.A. Seattle might be the surprise of the NFL for me. I just don't know where this team came from. Everyone thought they were going to be awful. Geno Smith stinks. That was the narrative. They're finding ways to win and to stay competitive. The Seattle Seahawks are getting five points here on the road, and the Chargers are just not that team right now. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they get their mojo this week. I don't think so. Take Seattle getting five. I don't think they win it, but they keep it close. 425 still Kansas City's coming off of that loss to the Buffalo Bills. Go to San Francisco. Weird game, AFC, NFC. The Kansas City Chiefs are giving two and a half on the road. San Francisco's at home. Ah, this is a tough one. I almost went with San Francisco getting two and a half at home, but I just think the Chiefs are too good. I think they're going to bounce back. I like the Chiefs giving two and a half at, or on the road. I'm sorry. Last game of Monday Night Football, 8-15. This is a done. The Chicago Bears, the New England Patriots. The Patriots are playing really good football. This is in New England. Minus eight. Patriots minus eight. I'm not a believer in Justin Fields. I'm not a believer in that Chicago offense. I think the Patriots, even if it's Bailey Zappi, again, will run their way to victory. And I think they will actually cover that eight-point spread. I like the Patriots 
minus eight. All right, let's get to the Sunday night game, the game everyone wants to talk about. Everyone wants to hear my prediction. I get it. You know where I'm going with this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting seven points on the road in Miami. Sunday night football, and Miami's doing all of their stuff. They've got their glitz. They've got their glamour. Oh, my gosh. 50th anniversary, 1972. Here we go. Retro jerseys. Two is back. Everything's good. No. No. Brian Flores revenge game. Minka Fitzpatrick goes back to his old stomping grounds. I like the Steelers. You know I like the Steelers. I like the Steelers with a final score. Pittsburgh 27. Miami Dolphins 24. As the Steelers find a way to win, they validate. They get that third win. They're 3-4 and four going into Philadelphia next week where they haven't won since the Civil War. That was a joke. But still, I like the Steelers 27-24 in this football game. All right, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Whew. That was fun. I, I got to be honest. I love doing that. I love rapid fire stuff. I, I still watch NFL primetime with Chris Berman, and it's just, oh my gosh, it brings back a lot of great memories. All right, so let's do this clue. The third clue, the homage clue. That's right. Get ready. Get your notepad out. You're keeping track of all these things. Here's your next clue. This goes back to 2019. All these clues have been about the Steelers and Dolphins, by the way, and they will be. Here's what I need. This former Steeler had how many carries and rushing yards versus the Steelers as a member of the Dolphins in 2019? This former Pittsburgh Steeler had how many carries and rushing yards versus the Steelers as a member of the Dolphins in 2019? All right, so you got to go back on Wednesday if you missed that first one. You got to listen to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek on Thursday. And then you just got that, but you're not done yet. Not three, there's four. You got to listen to the Here We Go, the Steelers show with Brian Davis and KT Smith for that final one. Email me, bngblitz at gmail.com. Again, bngblitz at gmail.com. And first person to do it, you win that starter jacket. $145 retail. All right, let's finish this show out with a little heart to heart. So I'm reading a book, and it's not just any book. It's Bill Cowher's book. My dad had read it, and he gave it to me. He said, Jeff, I think you'll like this book. Uh, and so I've been reading it, and I, I read it when I have a chance, which is not very often, but I'm, I'm about three-quarters of the way through. The one thing I cannot get over as I read this book is how much stuff NFL coaches have to do. It is incredible how much stuff these individuals have to do on a day-to-day basis. He actually outlined every single day during the season what he had to do from the moment the game ends until the next game begins. And even myself, and I follow this, and if I follow the NFL closely, I follow the Pittsburgh Steelers extremely closely, and never in my wildest dreams did I imagine the amount of detail, the amount of preparation, the amount of everything, everything. He went for meetings with the medical experts. He went to talking about what they do on Mondays and Tuesdays in offensive meetings, talking about first and second downs, high-volume downs. Then on Wednesday, they did their third downs, which Mike Tom would call them the weighty plays. Then they did their red zone and special plays and all the. I was reading this book, and I'm thinking, oh, man. What I came away with it is that I, and I think we all do this, we focus so much on in-game with these coaches, rightfully so. But maybe, just maybe, I need to give coaches a little bit of slack when it comes to the job that they do as a head coach. 
because it is insane what these individuals have to do. I mean, it's insane. So I, I guess I left, I'm leaving this book with a an appreciation for what Mike Tomlin does for the Steelers, what Bill Cowher did for the Steelers. It's just, it's incredible. And, and even when some of the things you hear Bill, Bill Cowher talk about, it's different today due to what Mike Tomlin has to do for things like Steelers.com, which existed under Cowher, but not the way it does now. Uh, the you know the press conferences were not simulcast on a social media. There was not social media was not a big thing for the majority of Bill Cowher's time. I mean, could you imagine uh, Joey Porter or Lee Flowers with a Twitter account? Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. But still, I left and I want to say this, tell the story because I think we all need to appreciate the fact that these guys. Boy, do they have a lot on their plate. So there you go. That's our heart-to-heart. All right. You know how we finish it out here, folks. Now, hey, just so you know, I'm not going to be on the post-game show after this game on Sunday, but I will be back on Winners and Losers on Monday. So make sure you check me out. It might be pushed back. If you are if you wake up early, you don't see the, the Let's Ride podcast, you're like, where the heck is it? It might be coming a little bit later. It might be around 9 a.m. when we run that. We uh, it, Because of the post-game show being pushed out late, We'll let you know. It might go at the normal time, 5 o'clock. It will come on Monday. Don't worry. Just be patient. I'll let you know on Twitter. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend, and go Steelers.